With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. Welcome to the show, Keith. Uh, after a great win at home against the Panthers, it was a harder-fought game than uh, we anticipated coming in. Thanks to Andy Dalton, but the Seahawks take care of business down the stretch and uh, and win this game 37-27. Welcome in. Yeah, so this is kind of a special show in that Bill, if you notice, if those of you watching on YouTube, um, or even if you're not and you're listening to the audio quality, you'll recognize that Bill doesn't sound quite as, um, as great as usual. Um, he is on vacation, <laughs> and I was supposed to have a sub in here but that kind of fell through so he's been kind enough to take a break from his vacation to join us uh for this week's show so yeah um, hey i sound just as great in this room i'll, I'll have you know no, you i'm, I'm sure you do <laughs> just kidding yeah i'm, I'm traveling i'm in uh, new york it's down it's been downpouring here uh since arrival and so we've uh, been walking uh through the rain sometimes with an umbrella sometimes without in our uh Columbia sportswear jackets, trying to stay wet and our keen uh, hiking, urban hiking boots. And um, yeah, so far we've, we've managed to stay dry and warm, but man, it's, it's pouring here. But anyway, uh, back to the game. It's, it was, you know, the result was almost as predicted. I was mm -hmm. talking to Keith right before we pushed record in that uh, i think our prediction uh, keith had predicted just a little over 30 points for the seahawks and 17 points for the panthers i had predicted um 35 20 something like that so we were pretty close i but i wasn't close in the way that i thought seattle would be taking care of business in this game we ultimately did down the stretch one by 10 points i'm not going to discount that but it felt closer than it should have uh down the stretch yeah i mean the 
the late garbage touchdown um, didn't help, you know, as far as it feeling close. But at one point it was 37-20 with only, you know, um, two minutes to go. The game was over. Um, right. Carolina punched it in. It didn't matter. Um, but ultimately this game came down to Seattle's defense playing uh, pretty well, which, you know, you give up 27 points and you think, mm, did you really play that well? But, you know, Geno Smith had a turnover. Um, that didn't help. And, um, you know, Dalton was playing catch up through the ball 58 times right? Uh, for 361 yards and two touchdowns. Um, why why is that always against the, against the Seahawks? I think the last time he had a career uh, day throwing the football for yardage, this time it's uh, how many attempts that he had in a game. Uh, and they put it on his shoulders squarely. They only had 44 yards rushing. Uh, yeah, and he dealt had 334 yards passing the ball. Um, Seattle, though, had a much more balanced attack. Seattle was able to run the ball effectively. Ken Walker looked good. Charbonnet had a couple of carries where he really looked nice, uh, especially mm-hmm. the physicality that he brings in the game really showed up. And then um, we averaged six, uh, six yards uh, um, per play. And uh, Gina was efficient. When he needed to be, he kind of fell off in the second uh, quarter after a hot start, but then came on the third and fourth quarter and put some distance um, between us and uh, them. And that was the difference in the game, really, the the 10 points uh, difference in the third quarter. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at, at all of this, and, and Gino had a good game, 23 of 36 for 296 yards and a touchdown. He did throw the one pick, which you know, uh, hurt at the time, but ultimately the team came back. It really didn't matter. This game was not as close as the score, um, indicates in terms of the fact that it felt like Seattle dominated the game. The problem was that they just didn't convert, um, touchdowns. They kept getting field goals. At one point, you know, they had, um, was it 15 points, uh, on all on field goals. And, um, yeah, then and I think we were one of, going. we were one of nine, I think on third down conversions to begin the game as well. We, we kind of evened that out a little bit uh, towards the end and the defense uh, conversely couldn't get off the field again on third down on a few mm-hmm. different plays that kept them alive uh, and able, uh, enabled Andy Dalton to, um, to play hero ball for them. Essentially. I thought he did a great job. I, I you know, if I was a, Panthers fan, I would be happy with his performance. I think that really kind of helps them in the long run as he um, mentors Bryce Young in, into that starting role. I think being have Bryce Young be able to watch that performance, how Andy Dalton took care of the ball, um, was able to spread it out a little bit and um, keep his team in the game. That's kind of the way that they're going to have to play in order for them to be competitive this year. Uh, Seattle was clearly the better team. There was no question about that, Keith, but we were behind um, 13 to 12 at halftime. Mm-hmm. We did pour it on a third quarter, uh, scoring 10 and holding them to zero to kind of put some distance. But we allowed them to score 14 points in the fourth quarter as well. I'd like to be able to see this defense kind of step up a little bit more. Um, I think we allowed Andy to have that one big, huge touchdown there. Um, yeah, that was, a, which, that was a broken play. Um, that was a broken play. Now, you know, you don't want to see that. You don't want to uh, see that at all. From a, from a good team that really wants to, um, to to have a statement win against 
a team at home that you should really be soundly beating. We ended up beating them by 10. We could have beaten them by 17 or, or possibly even 20. Um, it was a great day for Jason Myers to be hot. Um, yeah. You know, Especially he was after last week, right? He struggled. was three for six on the season coming into this game and really just kind of nailed every opportunity that he had in this game, kept Seattle uh, close when it needed to be close and then enabled them to pull away later. So all in all, mm -hmm. I'll take the win at the end of the year. That's what it is. And um, I, I, I enjoyed the game. We uh, here in New York went down to the local bar um, and uh, was able Okay, I, um, Bill has uh, frozen there for just a second, and there, uh, hopefully he'll there get. There we go. There we go. Now he's there back. See, this is one of the problems with doing this um, while he's on vacation: is the internet <laughs> connection is not always um, what we needed to yeah. be. So, so you were you were down on the local bar watching the game. Um, yep, yep, that was fun. Did you have the audio? Was there any audio, or was it just got you know, the audio? Yeah, the, the the bartender was was very uh, cordial and uh, got the volume up. It was the main game showing in the in the bar, so that was that was great. I was able to watch the whole thing, every play. Uh, I you never know what to expect when you're on the road like this. If you're going to be able to watch it, what's going to happen? You know, uh, lucky enough, I had the, a partner with me that was. <laughs> that agreed to uh, sit with me and watch that game. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Um, yeah, I actually missed the most of the first half. I came back with, you know, five minutes or so left in the second quarter. Um, had to go and re-watch the first half um, plays, which I, I got through most of them during halftime and then watched the last couple um, after the game was over just so I could say that I I saw all of them and, and had a good view of what what happened. Um, I was actually out this morning um, getting some new ink, so um, that ran a little long. I figured I'd be home on time, but some last-second changes were made, and it got a little bigger. So, um, you know, sometimes ink just takes longer. Um, but, yeah, that was my my day in there. And it just the Seahawks, you know, coming on and, and doing what they needed to do. This is what we expected them to do in the week one against the Rams where, yeah, it was close and, and whatever it um at halftime but then in the second half they're just the better team and they pull away um it just didn't happen in that week one game it happened last week even though they and then they gave it back up in the fourth quarter and they had to go to overtime to win it and it happened again this week where um they were the better team and they pulled away i agree with you I, i'd like to see them not give up 14 points in the fourth quarter um but they they'd already run away with it so those 14 points didn't end up uh mattering yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. No question about it. Um, let's talk about some different players, Keith. Uh, I want to talk about Geno Smith, uh, Ken Walker, and DK Metcalf. I just kind of want to, to me, those mm -hmm. guys were the difference makers. You can talk maybe about a couple of players on defense that you saw. Um, Jerron Reed had a tremendous game. I thought he was the difference maker there. Uh, but let's talk about Geno a little bit. How did you think that he did, uh, came out, and then had a few issues in the second quarter. I don't know if you picked up on that as you were speeding I through did. that. Um, and then really came on in the second half and kind of put was the glue of the team, really made sure that they were together and in sync. Well, I thought uh, Gino actually played pretty well. Came out at the beginning of the game, and they were able to move the ball. 
um, looked pretty good. You're right in the second quarter, but I think in the second quarter, what happened was Carolina dialed up um, the pressure a little bit. And once Damian Lewis went out and they had four backups on the offensive line all playing, um, it got a little rocky. Now, the team ended up recovering from that. They found some ways to to get Gino some more time and and, and that. But um, ultimately, the, the offense worked with four backups on the offensive line. And that is that is a testament to the coaching, um, to yeah. the front office, and to Geno Smith because it wasn't like the offensive line was perfect. Like, they're like, oh, you couldn't tell that they were backups. No, you could tell. Um, there were a lot, there's a lot of guys in Geno's face, but the ball was already out of his hands. He got the ball out quick. Um, he made really smart decisions with the ball, um, with the exception of a couple of plays, including his pick. But, uh, for the most part with a lot of pressure and a lot of, um, you know, this is a type of situation where a lot of, uh, quarterbacks would have folded just because they had nothing going for them as far as pass blocking in front of them. Um, but. Gino was just calm under all that pressure yes. and played really well. That's I, was, a huge, I came away impressed. Yeah, that's that's definitely a huge observation, Keith, because you saw him last year really kind of come into his own right from the beginning of the year. He kind of slumped off a little bit towards the end. I think people were kind of getting to him a little bit. But even though uh, he had a pass rush that was coming at him, a little bit of hurried uh, uh, hurries coming in on the offensive line, uh, he was able to kind of, work around the pocket, manipulate that a little bit. I thought in the second half, especially Shane Waldron was able to uh, design some plays to move that pocket uh, to the outside mm-hmm. and give Gino just a, another second to allow his uh, receivers to uh, develop the route tree fully. And um, I thought it was masterful. Honestly, I saw some kind of negative comments here and there uh, on Twitter uh, especially early in the game, but I really didn't see that. I saw Gino in complete command. Some plays didn't go his wa- his way. He got out of some plays, um, but overall, I thought it was a masterful uh, performance, really spot on as far as him showing that he is one of the top quarterbacks in the NFC right now. Um, and then, you know, other than on the other side of the ball, other than Andy Dalton and Adam Thielen, uh, that connection hurting them a little bit. Um, Adam Thielen has been around, it seems like, forever, uh, most of the time with Minnesota, but 11 catches, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, of course, that, we talked about Andy Dalton hard. having a career day as far as um, targets, but nobody else hurt them. And especially the running game uh, for Carolina was really kept in check. Now, this is the third game in a row, Keith. When do we start? saying that that Seattle's actually really defending the run well this year. Well, um I I think that's safe. Um also part of it is that they had a lead and so Carolina didn't feel like they could run it much in the second half. And part of it also is if you're able to move the ball so consistently through the air and all those checkdowns, you don't really need to run it as often. So, um they haven't really been been tested um as a running by a good running game. We'll find out um, just how good they are when they play a team like San Francisco. But, um, but this, you I know, we talked about I this. Of the defense. I we talked about this the defense in the, overall. And we talked about this in the preseason as far as a, a team strategy for the Seahawks. 
um, being able to shut teams down and, and forcing teams to be more one-dimensional uh, passing the ball. And that's really kind of what we've seen so far this year from the defense. Now, they're giving up some yards, but, you know, so far we're two and one. Yep. Um, I mean, you look at uh, at kind of what happened. They 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 brought their safeties up, didn't play quite so deep, really challenged Andy Dalton to beat them deep because they know he can't because that's not who he is. Um, they played much tighter up front um, early in routes because they knew they could, because they, they weren't worried about getting beat deep. Um, and and that really, um, really played in well to what Seattle wanted to do and how that deep, the defense was um, effective for most of the game. Now, um, DJ Chark uh, got behind... Uh, Michael Jackson for one big play. And then there was, like, I think it was Thielen um, had the one uh, big play as well. That kind of um, made things look worse than they really were. Because uh, overall, they were jumping routes. They were were, were challenging people um, up near the line. And it paid off uh, for them. And I, I hope we see more of that. Uh, to trust the safeties and allow the corners to do what they do. And because doing so gave the defensive line that other half a second that they needed to get home. And they were able to get um, pretty good pressure on Dalton. And when they did, um, you know, Dalton's not a good enough quarterback to to really um, get out of it and, 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 and hurt him for it. So uh, it turned out to be like, I like the strategy of being more aggressive. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I was just trying trying to see what we had as far as sacks. I can see two sacks, three okay, sacks. Three. Got, yeah, Boye Mafi had a nice sack uh, there in the in the first quarter. Um, Boye Mafi had a nice game. Than, yeah, and you so know, did Jerron thought, Reed. those are the two guys that really played well defensively. Agreed. Um, I thought that we got some pressure um, in this game, but we mm-hmm. weren't able to to get home. Uh, Andy Dalton got the ball out quick. You mentioned all the underneath throws. That's a consequence of that. You know, sometimes your pass rushers are just going to miss. Um, but I thought we disrupted the timing. We, we did what we could. Um, I thought overall the defense played okay, but I wanted, I, I felt like they lacked that killer instinct to kind of put this thing away. Um, I like to just That's, have just nitpicky yeah. work on that, you know, two weeks in but, a row, it's two weeks in a row that, that, um, you know, they, they've had a lead um, at the start of the fourth quarter and just kind of let the other team back in it a little bit. And we need, um, yeah, we need them to um, to uh, figure out a way to, to, to prevent that and just kind of step on teams and, and really just run over them. Because when you're the better team, you can't just let them, can't let them hang around in the first half, which they've done, and you can't let them get back in it in the fourth quarter in garbage time. At some point, you got to step up and make a play. So let's talk about strategy just for a minute. Now, you had talked to me a little bit in on a text uh, thread about Bobby Wagner a little bit. Mm-hmm. In in this game, uh, Devin Witherspoon led the team with 11 combined tackles. Bobby Wagner had three solos and two assists uh, for five combined. Last week, he had 19. Um, and you mentioned a step slow a few times chasing Adam Thielen around. Well, yeah, because he's he's it's um, when they're playing zone, he's got the middle of the zone, and I know you're like, oh, him versus Adam Thielen, that's not a fair 
fight because, you know, a linebacker on a, on a receiver, the receiver should win all the time. But in a zone, he doesn't have to stay with them, you know, the entire uh, play. He's got to just cover him within his route. And it just felt that that Bobby was a step slow um, in a lot of different ways. Like we know, we knew he was slowing down when he, before he left to go to um, to the Rams. We could see that he had lost at least a step, and now he's lost maybe another one. Um, and it's worth watching. I I'm not like being like, oh, get him out of there because he's still a really valuable player. And you're right, he had 19 tackles a week ago. Um, how do you criticize that? But it is worth um, watching because I think it's one of those things that, you know, um, Clint Hurt and Pete Carroll need to think about is Bobby just doesn't cover the same amount of ground as he used to. So maybe they need to, um, you know, pinch the zones inside a little bit uh, to give him a little support, make it so his zone that he's covering is, is you know, a couple of yards shorter in terms of its width, its width and, um, and, and help him out. Cause yeah. He's yeah, not, because you've got Julian Love in there. You've got Julian Love. You've got Devin Bush, um, you know, and a few others that can cover that middle zone. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's something to watch. Um, talk to me about some of the impact players that you saw, especially on the offensive side. So on the offensive side, I mean, um, we already talked about Gino. I mean, that's that one's, um, you know, real important. But I think Ken Walker needs... Uh, a special shout out um, 18 carries 97 yards two touchdowns there was also quite a few more yards that were called back because of penalty um, he just didn't want to go down in this game there he was getting hit he was getting spun around but he was staying on his feet keeping his legs churning um, bouncing out of things he looks really good right now yeah, and he does. Um, I'm really liking what he's saying to the point where Zach Charbonnet looked good in, when he was in there too. I mean, he went nine carries for 46 yards, so it's over five yards a carry from Charbonnet. Um, but they're having a hard time getting Charbonnet on the field because Walker's playing so well. And you know, you have to throw in the fact that you know Walker um, was second on the team in receiving too, with three receptions for 59 yards. 59 yards was second on the team, uh, on top of leading the team in rushing. So. That's a lot of all-purpose yards from your from your lead running back. He's just playing really well, um, really seeing the field well, doing all, a lot of the little things that, um, you know, you got to do to be successful in this league. So um, it was really nice to see him. He's just kind of breaking out. I know he broke out last year after uh, Penny went down, but he struggled at you know at down the stretch last year, and so we kind of weren't sure whether he was as good as he looked early in the year and the middle part of the year, or if maybe he wasn't quite there because of what we saw at the end of the year so far this year, he's looked really, really good. And in this game, especially. In the last show, we talked about um, how this game might play out as far as uh, a balanced attack. You thought maybe it would be more run heavy. Turns out it was both. Uh, They ran Mm -hmm. the ball effectively. I think they had over 140, 150 yards rushing total. Uh, with a 5.0 average, and then they were able to throw the ball effectively. And you had mentioned one player as a player that might have a standout game, and he did, T.K. Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, you knew, like, well, maybe you didn't know, but it's hard to believe T.K. wasn't going to do well in this game just because um, the way that the – it it stacked up with Seattle's receivers versus their – their 
cornerbacks. They didn't have someone who was going to be able to routinely shut DK down um, and cover him. And he was just open a lot. He six receptions, 112 yards, um, big day for him. And he was open more than that. Um, I mean, there were times when Gino chose to go other places with the football because getting the sure first down was, was a better idea, but that doesn't mean that if the down and distance situation had worked out differently, he couldn't have gone to DK, um, you know, too, because he was open and um, really just looked like, like a dominant player. Like we, he's been a dominant player, um, but sometimes he just needs to step out and, and, and really just remind us how good he can be. And I thought he did that in this game. He really looked like a strong, um, you know, one of the league's top receivers. It was, he had that kind of day. Yeah, I didn't. Also, I didn't know what to expect from the tight end group today with uh, Disley being out. Noah Fant stepped up. I thought had a, had quite a few different impact plays. Four catches for 41 yards. Colby Parkinson, other than the drop, also had three catches for 38 yards. I thought he looked good when he caught the ball. Um, yeah, the, he's the, just such one, a big target. Yeah, the one drop was is was hurt kind of hard because it was like it looked like it was going to be such a good play. Um, but I think he was expecting the ball to be tipped with the way the guy jumped. And then when it wasn't, it just got on him really quick. Um, not that that's an excuse. I'm just, uh, you can see that's kind of what happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. But overall, I mean, he, he played well. One of the things I liked about what we saw, what I saw from both those guys were effective blocking. I mean, Will Disley is, you know, the all, all pro level blocker um, as a tight end. And with him gone, that that's those are big shoes to fill because Seattle's offense just needs that level of of tight end play, and those aren't those neither of those guys are blockers, but they put in a lot of effort in that. Um, were much more effective than they have been in the past, uh, and and really looked good, you know, doing that part of the game, really stepping up to cover for Disley. Yeah, I saw Kobe Parkinson uh, one play kind of get blown up a little bit, but it was effective enough for um, Charbonnet to kind of run behind him and, and break through the hole. Um, talk to me a little bit about, well, I want to talk about two players, um, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jake Bobo. First in Jigba, I want to get your take on basically why they're not targeting him at all. He had one catch for 10 yards. That's it. That's his stat sheet. Uh, it's not that he's not getting playing time. It's that... Um... Teams are kind of there at times. It feels like teams are focusing on him a little bit because he gets a lot of play on, on, on third down as, and as a slot guy, he's the guy that you'd think that's where the ball is going to go. Um, and teams are, you know, rolling a linebacker over in his direction and, and that kind of stuff to just to mess with Gino, um, and keep the ball away from him. Um, and part of it's just, I mean, this is what happens with rookie right wide receivers is very few of them come in and do what DK Metcalf or um, Jamar Chase or what some of these guys do and just break out instantly, um, you know, right at the beginning and throughout their, their entire first year. Most of them take some time to kind of adjust and figure out ways to get themselves involved in games because suddenly the coverage is significantly better than they've ever seen before. Um, and it just takes a different um, mindset to go in and, and, and make stuff work and, and, um, I think also, too, I mean, he had one target and he caught the ball for, you know, uh, 10 yards. My Mm -hmm. question is, why aren't they trying to work him more into the offense? It seems like it would be an advantage for Seattle to be able to do that 
he's certainly sure-handed to be able to kind of pick him into a situation, scheme him open a little bit, give him opportunities to kind of get into a rhythm. I, I kind of expected that in this game because I thought Gino would be able to kind of check down, especially with our offensive line and flex the way it is, to be able to kind of get those quick throws out. And I was a little surprised that they aren't using him in, in that role uh, as much as they I thought maybe they should. Well, yeah, but I think you need to you need to compare that to Noah Fant and Colby Parkinson getting seven receptions for um, uh, 79 yards combined, right? And and Kenneth Walker's um, three for 59. Um, because what's happening is Smith and Jigma is pulling guys out of position and moving moving safeties to create and creating space for other players. Now, if the safety had stepped up to cover um, you know, like Noah Fant, instead, uh, that would have left Njigba open in the middle, and and I think the ball would have gone there. But it's not just hey, he were they're not they're just not trying to throw him the ball. I think it's just a matter of uh, Geno Smith taking what the defense gives him, and why force the ball into a guy when you've got other capable guys that are open. So speaking of other guys that were open, Jake Bobo had one reception, but he made it count. And it was a great catch in the back of the end zone with, oh, with, uh, with the toes down. Yeah. And just you could tell, like, he he went up, he got it, he got it, kept his toes in. And then there was there was no point as he's going to the ground where you're worried that he's going to uh, lose control of the ball. It just seemed like he he was, had it so strongly that it was he was going to be able to go to the ground take any contact whatever was going to happen and he had that ball um and that's what we saw in camp it's what we saw in the preseason it's why he made the team and why he's getting so much playing time um he may not be fast but he's a good football player yeah absolutely so talk to me he also got down and, and and did some did some good stuff on special teams too so talk to me a little bit about guys that were inactives in this game. We've got quite a list. Jamal Adams, Kobe Bryant, Reek Woolen, Charles Cross, Will Disley, Phil Haynes, McClendon Curtis as well. Um, I mean, that's, it, a, that's a lot of players missing. With the exception of Curtis, that, those, are, those are like key rotation or starters, all of them. Yeah. Right? Jamal Adams should be your starting strong safety. He's still not ready to go. I'm surprised. I thought they would... They would bring him in and and have him play, you know, 15, 20 snaps, uh, put him on a pitch count, but at the same time, you know, start to integrate him in there. Um, apparently not. Uh, he's not quite ready yet, but may- maybe next week. Um, Sounds like it. Yeah, but, you know, Phil Haynes uh, missing. Like, we knew he was kind of banged up, but I expected him to play. So for him to be out um, and then to, to, you know, throw Bradford in there, I was a little surprised. Um, I also wonder if Bradford would have been the guy that got the the nod if, um, you know, if, if Abe Lucas hadn't been on IR, uh, whether Jake Curran would, would have been the guy to get that spot. But, um, I mean, yeah, they're in a, they're in a tight spot. They um, Lucas is on IR for at least a couple more weeks. You know, Cross is still out. Now Haynes is out. Um, Damian Lewis was out for most of this game, but came back at the end. Um, yeah. Evan Brown was out for more than a half of last game. Um, so Oluwatimi had to play. I mean, they don't have a healthy member of their offensive line at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they need to start getting these guys healthy. 
Which actually, I mean, is a testament to, and you you mentioned it uh, right at the beginning of the show, um, hats off to the offensive line. They're really working hard. I mean, they're not perfect by any means, but mm-hmm. I'm shocked at, at the level of play given the, uh, the depth uh, that we're at currently on the roster as far as uh, how far how far back we're, we're pulling guys out to, to play in games. Um, we're talking, you know, third string guys now at this point, filling in for Damian Lewis over on the left side, Brown over there. Um, and then um, Anthony Bradford there at guard. You'd mentioned he might even be the third choice there. So um, it, it's, I'm, I'm it's been great so well. far, really. I'm glad he came in and played well, honestly, because – uh, we thought he was going to come in and compete for a starting job and didn't just never really was a part of that competition was never close. Um, looked like he was going to be like, he was like the third string guy. Wasn't even playing with the twos all the time. And we were like, Hmm, did we misread how good this guy was going to be? Um, but he got a chance to come in and play and he looked pretty good. I, I'm, I'm glad that, that, uh, that, that happened. I was, when uh, Lewis went out and you already have uh, Bradford in there on the right side, I was kind of expecting Olawatimi to come in at center and then move Evan Brown over, but they chose not to do that. They chose to bring in, um, I don't remember who it was, some guy who I, I was like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot he was on the practice squad. Right. <laughs> I think it was, it was Brown is his name. I can't remember his first name. Yeah. But... And I was like, you know, it was, I was like, who? Um, but even he didn't play badly. Like, okay. He came in and like the next play, Gino just gets destroyed by a sack that came in right between him and, and Forsyth. Um, but after that, he settled down and, and, and did all right. Um, I mean, we're talking about a, a third string and a fourth string guard in there. You've got both right. backup offensive tackles in there. Um, and yeah, they still and ran, the ball. It, they ran for 150 yards. Yeah, we put up 425 total yards. Uh, almost 300 yards passing, 150 yards rushing, with with the line in the shape that it's currently in. Um, yeah, that's that's just crazy, amazing. All right, um, before we head out, is there anything else that you want to hit? Um, I think that it's important to note that how many injuries the team uh, had during this game. Right, we saw Trey Brown go out with a concussion. We saw um um Damian Lewis go out we saw um see I had all this whole list in my head <laughs> right, right as we were hitting record right. and then now I'm like wait who was it oh we saw Dre Jones go out in the um in the third quarter um it just felt like guys were dropping like flies just everyone was was getting hurt um I made a a, a joke to a friend of mine um that I was like, yep, by the end of the game, they were going to, you know, you're going to start seeing defensive linemen and they're playing guard. Um, it's a testament to the team's depth overall that they continue to be able to have guys step up um, and make plays as, uh, you know, as the game wore on with all of the injuries and all the different guys that were getting banged up and, and pulled out of the game. Yeah. The one thing that I wanted to talk about just briefly is the third down conversion type stuff. Um, You know, Seattle's still three for 13 on offense on, on third down attempts. 
which if they looked at that stat, they would just be, that would be the most disappointing takeaway, I think, on the offensive side. Gino would step up to the podium and that's the thing that he would talk about. He wouldn't talk about his 300 yards passing or the touchdowns or the win. He would be talking about, we need to get better, you know, on third downs. And conversely, on the defensive side, you're allowing 10 of 19. Um, And and that combination will usually lose you. Both of those, that that combination will usually uh, lose you a game or or at least put you in that bucket. Um, We were playing the Panthers this week. Um, So we were able to get some big plays and and overcome some of those things. Uh, We need to kind of work on that. You know, we, during, uh, against the Panthers, we should be on top of our game. We should be, you know, somewhere in the eight for 13 range instead of three for 13 on conversions, um, get close to 50% conversion rate. Also, or, or I, would settle for, I would settle for six for 13. Um, cause that puts you, you know, right around 50%. Um, yeah, it also extends right. drives and means probably less field field goals in the first half and more touchdowns. Um, and that's really what you see. I mean, yeah, the CX won, and they kind of won going away with this one, but they did so on the leg of Jason Myers um, with all those field goals. He had five kicks, right? That's Those are five drives that got stopped um, on third down, but they happened to have, ha- that it happened within his range. So he was able to get points for them. Um, yeah, they need, they, they need, they need, bet- they need to be better. They just flat out need to be better on third down. Um, some of that is the line. Some of that is, you know, other, there's a lot of different factors, but ultimately three for 13 is not going to be good enough more for uh, most weeks. All right. So another game down uh, next game is the Seahawks at the giants. That one's on Monday night football. So you've got a Looks little like Sa- extra. Saquon, Bla- Saquon Barkley may or may not play. He got some um, banged up on this, but then did get some good injury news. It was not as bad as they thought, but, um, we'll see he, him being hurt definitely, um, is a big blow to the, to the giants. So, um, we'll see what, what kind of offense they have ready, ready to roll. All right. So let's get out of here. Um, we'll be back in the middle of the week. I'm going to be back on uh, Thursday so we can do a show and, um, we'll talk about what we need to talk about. Then we'll do a game preview show as well. Um, and preview that giants game. So. Until then, you can find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWCHawk. You can find the show at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com is the website. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, and all of that. Um, you want to make sure you hit the subscribe button and uh, make sure you get the latest episode in your feed every time that we record. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk, Keith is at Myers NFL, and the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.